Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Vaughn Brown. I met Vaughn last year where we both attended lecture and hot classes at Carolina Fire Days in Charlotte, North Carolina. Vaughn was a military firefighter within the Air Force and is currently with the Lexington Fire Department in Kentucky with seven years worth of career and volunteer firefighter experience. Vaughn has a strong passion for engine work and search and loves the job as we all should. With that being said, Vaughn, the floor is yours. All right, so my name is uh, Vaughn Brown. Um, just talking to Danny here and going to talk about um, how did I get into the fire service. <clears throat> so I'm just going to rewind back right now and kind of tell a little bit about my life. So uh, I grew up playing sports. Um, I played football throughout my whole life, and pretty much sports was my identity um throughout life and it was funny because I was in like second grade and I still remember it to this day um my stepdad asked me hey if you can get this PlayStation or if we can sign you up for football what's it gonna be (laughs) (laughs) and I made one of the best decisions I've ever made and so uh he signed me up for football and um like I said it became my identity um it created a lot of what my personality is still still to to this day um, so kind of fast forwarding a little bit, um, going throughout high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I thought I was going to own a sports store or I don't know. I, I knew it was going to be something that involves sports. Um, I had no idea. I wasn't, I wasn't the best student in high school. I was always I was a knucklehead man and uh I was worried about uh the wrong things. Okay. Right. Um so graduated with like a 2.2 GPA man, but I just knew I wanted to continue playing football. So I ended up getting hold of this coach in Monterey Peninsula, California, and I was going to go try to play uh JUCO football out there and then one of the guys that I knew uh went out there the year prior and he kind of reached back out to me and my buddies uh because we're gonna go I was gonna go out there with my buddies and uh he said man you'll play football here but the coach (laughs) um it's hard to eat out here man it's California you know (laughs) so it's tough man um and I'm not I didn't come from a rich family or anything so I didn't uh I didn't know how I was gonna survive other than playing football out there so that didn't end up happening. Um, I didn't have the GPA to go to college and do all this stuff, man. So I was, I was stuck, man. I didn't know what to do. So, and it, it's weird how it started, man. So me, uh, my girlfriend, which is my wife at the time, um, me, my girlfriend, which is my <laughs> wife right now. now. <laughs> yeah, we're at this to see if uh, she's gonna laugh about that one when she hears this. But um, no, we go to uh. We go to B-dubs and we're eating there, man. And on our way out, we see this group of firefighters sitting there, man. And uh, I walk up to them. I don't know why I did this. This is not me. I don't just walk up to random people. So right, something, right. something drew me to them. Right. Okay. So I walk up to them and I'm just like, hey, guys, you know, um, what do you do? Like, you guys look like you're having a good time. And it seems like you're at work. <laughs> what are you doing? And I remember, man, I'll never forget, man. The guy asked me, he goes, do you play sports? automatically he got my attention i'm like yeah i do you know i play football man i love it he goes perfect man he goes because it's just like sports you know um we work as a team um and we do everything together to get the job done man we have that camaraderie these are my brothers ever since that quick conversation i had with him i was hooked so um my wife's dad actually retired from louisville as a captain as a fire department yeah so um, and even before then, it never connected with me, you know, even when I met him before beat ups, you know, that moment before I met, like when I met him, it didn't connect with me to even talk to him about being a firefighter or anything. So right. after, after the B-dubs moment, I go talk to him, I pick his brain and he goes, you know, man, just try to apply for Louisville, man. You know, it's big city, you know, they, you know, they fight fire, they do it all, man. So there goes my story or transitioning into me trying to apply for Louisville at like 18, 19 years old. Um, 
fairly uh, I'm past high school now. I've been working a couple jobs, um, work some warehouse jobs. Uh, I just knew that wasn't it, you know. Right. And so I applied for Louisville, man. I uh, I start taking my studies seriously for the first time ever, <laughs> what I should have <laughs> been doing in high school. <laughs> you know, so I go to uh, like the Barnes and Noble store. I go buy a, uh, like an ASVAB or Dummies book or something like that, man. And I start hitting the books for a uh, real deep man just to try to get a good written score i get a decent uh written score and then i get told that i can go to the uh physical portion so i go to the physical portion man and i can't emphasize enough how tough louisville fire department's physical portion is okay and i i would be lying if i if I were to say it wasn't like one of the hardest things I've ever did in my life, like physically. Okay. And I, I, I like to stay active, man, but like, man, this thing is, it, it's tough, man. And it's not for the week. And so you'd go down there and you'd go practice and that's where you actually got an idea of what you're going to be doing. So I went down there and I practiced, um, it beat me up a little bit. And so I was determined, man. I was determined. I, uh, I went to home Depot. I bought like a 50 pound, uh, bag of sand. All right. I duct taped it and uh, I called it Sandbag Sally. And I went to my high school and I threw it over my shoulder and I would run the bleachers all night, man. And it ended up getting so bad and um, an obsession of mine of me wanting to get on um, that I had to actually call my wife one night because I was passed out in the parking lot at, <laughs> and she had to come pick me up because Damn. I was training so much, man. Okay. Um, and to kind of give you a perspective of what the test actually is, is um so there's like a pass or fail portion in the beginning before you actually take what's actually difficult and that's just throwing a roof ladder hitting the ground throwing it back up on the wall you can't do it in like 20 seconds i believe it is um it's pass or fail same thing with uh extending an extension ladder um catching a plug throwing a uh i think a 35 footer up against the wall and all that's just pass or fail <clears throat> and then you get into the actual physical portion and so what they're doing is, is they give you a 50 pound uh, hotel pack. You got to go up seven flights of stairs, ring the bell, go back down. You have to run like probably, I would say 70 meters to this parking lot, hundred pound hotel pack over your shoulder, serpentine in between like 30 cones, serpentine back, drop it, run probably 150 meters to this fire escape, run up the steep fire escape, bang on the door, go back to the parking lot, grab the 100-pound hotel pack, serpentine back through the cones. Then you got to go back to the uh, seven stories. And when I tell you you're going back to the seven stories, you're drained and you have nothing left in you. Uh Uh-huh. Taxed. So it's just straight (laughs) heart going up those seven. And is this with with, uh, regular clothes or gear? This is with just regular clothes. Okay. Okay. This is, yeah, this is just with regular clothes. Um, so yeah, man, you go to the, uh, you end off at that seven flights of, of stairs, man, and you just have nothing in you and you're just giving it everything and you go down. But, um, I ended up doing pretty well in that, man. Uh, after all that training that I put in, man, um, I did pretty well in that. I ended up getting an interview, um, first actual interview that I probably ever like professional interview that I ever had. I was uh-huh. like 18 or 19 at the time and it's starting to become realistic. Like I'm starting to like, I'm about to get this job, you know, that I'm sought after so much. Um, it, it's, it's feeling good, man. And I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's just feeling good. So I, uh, I go buy a suit and everything and, um, I'm excited, man. I'm practicing for this interview. I go in there, crush my interview. Right. I crushed it, man. Uh, we left out laughing, talking about four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. <laughs> like I crushed. <laughs> it. <laughs> so, um, after the interview, it was the CPAT, just like okay. every other department. It was the okay. CPAT. Um, and the CPAT actually plays a an important part of me getting into the fire service. <clears throat> so I go take my CPAT. I did knock the CPAT out. Um, and then after the CPAT, you had to do a polygraph. I had received a conditional offer of employment from Louisville. And so I'm like, yes, man, I made it. Like, mm-hmm. finally, like, um, I had I actually had a mentor that was uh, kind of coaching me up a little bit that's on Louisville Fire Department right now. Um, he was my mentor at the time. And uh, he was like, yeah, you're hired, man. You got it. You got that conditional offer of employment. It's you, man. So I go in for the polygraph. 
I'm nervous, man. I'm about to get this job. Like I'm hooked up like a robot. I'm just like sitting there staring at a wall. And, uh, long and behold, man, uh, he asked me a bunch of questions and, uh, I was a knucklehead in high school, like I said, and, um, just made some mistakes that, you know, they didn't take, uh, I guess, agree with. And they revoked that, uh, conditional offer of employment. Damn. Yeah, man. Um, I crushed is all I could say. Oh yeah. I bet. I bet. I was devastated, man. I, I didn't know what to do. Um, but looking back at it now, um, I can definitely say that it, 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 it made me grow. It made me grow right. so much. And, and right. I learned so much from that process, man. And I'll never forget that process. Um, so going into it, um, I, I, I knew I wanted to be a firefighter, you know, I'm not the type of person that's going to, um, that's going to bow down, man. I, I I'm going to make this happen. Right. I'm going to be relentless with it. And so I'm at my wife's house and they got like, they got a pool in the backyard. And so my wife's dad's buddies came over and he, one of them's in the air national guard. And he worked for the fire department for the Air National Guard. And so I go out there and start talking to him and everything. And he asked me with the whole process with the Louisville. And he was like, oh, it's messed up, man. I'm sorry that happened to you. And he said, have you ever thought about being a firefighter in the Air Force? And I didn't even know there were firefighters in the Air Force. Right. You know? Um only thing I knew about the military was my little brother. Um, he ended up going to boot camp his junior year and joining the National Guard. And uh, he um, that's the only thing I knew about it at the time. So he's talking to me about life in the Air Force and in the military. And this is my first exposure to it all. And so I'm just absorbing it, man. I'm getting like I'm getting motivated. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, this is awesome. I still get to be a firefighter and serve my country. Heck yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And so. um I run upstairs and I tell my wife, I said, Hey, I'm joining the military. She was not hearing it. She was not at all. She was just like, you just met this guy. You don't, you know, Uh you need to think about this. So time goes on and I start doing some research and I become a research junkie whenever it gets into, uh, whenever it gets into something pretty serious, you know? So I'm on YouTube all day and night looking at firefighters and stuff in the air force. And, Eventually, I go talk to a recruiter, and uh, it, it worked out perfect, man. I uh, I took my ASVAB and made a decent score enough for me to be able to get the firefighting position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all that was just due to me studying really hard for that Louisville thing, man. And uh, so where we almost ran into problems with uh, getting into the fire service with the military, man, it was just like, this tattoo um, might not meet the regulation of joining and just a whole bunch of stuff. I tore my ACL football uh, my junior year. That mm-hmm. ended up being uh, almost being a roadblock. Um, so he almost ended up talking to me and being a police officer in the Air Force or like just w- which we call it security forces. Okay. He's like, yeah, man, you get to do the scout sniper stuff and all that. I was like, heck yeah, you know. And he started – uh doing what a recruiter is supposed to do, you know, just get right. you in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I go down to MEPS and it's something every, uh, military member has to do. Um, they have to go get screened and everything. So I go down there and I go talk to the uh, recruiting guy and he goes, uh, all right, give me five jobs that you want. And I said, sir, uh, firefighters, number one, uh, the job I really want. And, but here's the four other. And, uh, he goes, uh, well, do you have any certs or anything? Because if you have any certs, uh, that would, you know, bump you above anyone else for the mm-hmm. fire for the fire job. And I said, no, sir, I don't have any certs. I said, the only thing I have is this CPAC card right here that just certifies me to be a firefighter in Kentucky. And he looks at me and he goes, that'll work. <laughs> that'll work. Okay. And I was like, man, the way God works, man, right. that is amazing. Like, what are the odds of that? Right. Just the just a CPAC card, man. And so, sure enough, man, I was working at UPS at the time, and uh, my uh, recruiter calls me, and I'll never forget this phone call. He calls me, and he goes, Firefighter Vaughn, Firefighter Vaughn, what's up, man? You got the job. Okay. And uh, that was in 2016, early 2016. And I, I'm sorry, 15. 
and he told me I was uh, shipping off for boot camp in um, in March of 2016. So that was it right there. I ended up joining the military. Uh, my brother, my little brother makes fun of me because he said that uh, I followed in little bro's footsteps because <laughs> <laughs> I ended up joining after him. But um, yeah, so I went through boot camp, um, went through the fire academy down in Texas. Um, and their, their fire academy, I feel like... Um, it was just great on the basics, mm-hmm. man. Um, it wasn't anything that's going to blow your mind. I mean, it was just the basic, basic level stuff. Right, right, right. right. Um, I didn't know any better, though, man. I was uh, I was enjoying it. Um, I, I was having a time in my life. But so I'm in Fire Academy. I get my first assignment. And my first assignment is Masawa, Japan. Wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. So... I, I grew up when I grew up, I, I mean, I've lived in Texas, Florida, uh, Minnesota, um, obviously Kentucky, uh, born in Michigan. So I've moved around a bit, but man, it was unsettling thinking I'm about to go to Japan. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there's no way I'm talking to my wife. She's like, there's no way. <laughs> and so, um, I was able to swap my orders or swap my bases with, uh, another fire guy there. And okay. he had a Shaw Air Force Base in South Carolina. Okay. I knew nothing about South Carolina. I knew nothing about Shaw Air Force Base. I just knew I wanted to stay in the country. So, right. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. And it all ended up working out perfect, man. Um, I swapped him for Shaw Air Force Base, um, made my way to South Carolina, my first duty station, my only duty station. Um, I deployed a couple times throughout my time in and, um, Shaw was something special, man. It really was. And I like to put it to guys like this. Whenever you think of an Air Force base, right, especially um, the fire service portion of it on the installation, you know, our primary mission is ARF, right? Right. And not every day you're getting aircraft fires, right? Right, right. And so I felt like there could be this misconceived notion of, you know, these DOD guys, you know, they're not getting jobs, you know, they're not doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I say Shaw was a special place because we had a beautiful mutual aid agreement with the city off base and the county off base. Okay. So if we had uh, an MVA, a fire or a significant uh, medical within the vicinity of our base, we're automatically toned. Okay. And that's kind of rare for a lot of air force bases. And so, Lucky enough, man, I was able to switch my base and actually gain some experience, you okay. know, with actually being in the Air Force. Right, and right. And um, I said that um, I volunteered for a combination department, which was Sumter down uh, right outside of base. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of Sumter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was at. Okay. So um, great guys, man. They're great. And um, so I'm on shift, you know, we get to respond with Sumter. And then when I'm off shift, I am Sumter, you know, volunteer fire department. So best of both worlds, man. Like I, it was awesome. It was awesome. I got to learn a lot. Um, I met some awesome people. Um, hopefully I was a mentor to a lot of people down there. And, um, I think, uh, and I don't even think he knows this, but my first supervisor, I think was a, uh, a big impact on, on myself due to the fact that he cared so much about the fire service that, um, you know, I'm I'm a brand new guy in this new department. I don't know who to follow. I don't know what I don't know. Um, I'm just I'm just waiting to absorb anything, right? And that's exactly what he did, man. He took me under his wing, um, and he showed me he showed me a lot, man. And he showed me how much he cared for the fire service, which then translated into me. And um, that was a great foundation um, to how my fire career uh, began. So okay. That's awesome. No, that's cool. That's cool. Definitely. I definitely, I can say that's probably one of the first, I've never really talked to somebody that, you know, started as like a military type fire firefighter and then transitioned yeah. into, you know, the, the class that you're in now. So yeah, no, that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Um, so for you, what do you think the culture should be like in departments around the country regarding pride training and calls? 
Um, <clears throat> so whenever I'm going to talk about the culture within the department, I'm going to refer to, I'm going to refer to Shaw, okay. right? Because that's yeah. where I grew up. That's right. where I grew up. Um, I'm with Lexington, Kentucky Fire Department right now. I'm um, within their academy right now. And um, I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I were to just start talking yeah. about that. Culture. Yeah, absolutely. That sense. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and I hope I uh, don't go in a rabbit hole with this and I, I make a re- make a full circle and make it make sense. But I'm going to start off with when I met my mentor in the fire service. Okay. Man. Whit Dotson. So that's my mentor's name. And uh, we started off, he was on the opposite shift. We only had two shifts. I was A shift. He was B shift. And uh, heard nothing but great things about, uh, about Whit. And sure enough, uh, he got swapped over in my shift. And I had the reputation, I feel like, um, that I was a hard worker. Um, I loved the job due to my, you know, what I said, my first mentor uh, or my first supervisor um, instilling that into me. So I liked working hard. Um, I knew what the job was about and I was going to give my all out effort. And I feel like that's the reputation I had about myself. And so my first time really, uh, working with Wit, he comes right up to me and he goes, um, I'm excited to work with you. And man, like I'm seeing this guy like an all-star, right? And so he mm-hmm. comes up to me and says that about me. And I'm just like, God, I can't let this guy down. Let's go, you know? Right. right. And so, um, man, I don't know if he was fishing for, you know, fishing to influence someone, but he threw the bait, man. And I bit and we went on a ride. <laughs> I tell you, man, he, uh, he threw so much at me and I, I'm really, um, I'm appreciative of it, man. Um, but one thing about wit that I feel like, um, I try to imitate or portray, not really portray, but I try to learn and do myself is he had such a great understanding of the job. Okay. Right. So he, uh, he understood the details about things and that's something i truly admired because i feel like at least this is the way my brain works man if i understand the details i start bridge, bridging gaps in my understanding of things right and so before i met him i had a just i would still say still that just that basic understanding you know of uh just the job itself and just meeting him man just the way he could break things down and explain that why that you and I can both sit here and probably agree on that truly matters is that Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. um he had it man and when I met him um I felt like I had to start all over okay I felt like I had to start all over with my knowledge with everything I felt like I didn't I didn't know anything I wanted to be like him and that that was it and so um I got a book, man, and I was like, where am I? I'm thinking to myself, where am I weak at? You know, and I'll go up to him one day and I said, hey, um, where do I start? Where do I start at? You know, to start this whole new journey of just learning it all over again. And he goes, brother, when you find out, let me know. Okay. And uh, that really Mm -hmm. hit me, man. That really hit me. Um, But, I mean, he did everything. And, uh it it really it really made like i said man i don't want to be a broken record but it really made me care about the details and i think the details matter in our job I no really, absolutely details have to matter I, it it has to man and i think even from you get a i don't care if it's a brand new four gas multi-gas detector open up the manual and read it man right um, right just, just using that as an example um I got made fun of one time. My buddy saw me reading a manual of a TFT nozzle, and I'm just like, "Oh man, this stuff matters, man." It yeah, matters. yeah. I mean, especially um, in our in our line of work, you can't half-ass anything, you know. Like if 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 you half-ass it, I mean, you're gonna miss something that they tell you don't do, or if this happens, this is why. You know what I'm saying? But absolutely, absolutely. And um, I would say ever since um I met him is when I truly became a student of the game. Okay. That's when I truly became a student of the game, man. Um, 
he would uh he would always be saying all these guys' names like Brian Brush, Dana uh-huh. Ali, uh-huh. um, Kyle Romagas. Uh-huh. Uh, I could go on forever, and um, I'm sitting there like, who are these guys? He keeps bringing these guys' names up, like, right, right. What is he talking about? Like, how does he know these people? Like, why are they important? I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand, but like, he showed me. All right, I'll, let me rewind real quick. I think it's Brian Brush that says this. Um, you don't understand that there are no walls inside the fire, fire. service yep, until, yep. until you get outside of the walls of your fire department. That's right. Absolutely. He does say that. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> eye-opening if you think about it. You're like, you think you know everything until you get outside of your firehouse, find other people, and you're like, oh, shit, I don't know a damn thing story of my life yeah story of my life man yeah. seriously so, no no um, no they, these the, the people you mentioned they're they're legends so i'll just i'll tell you i'll tell you real quick yeah uh when we went to carolina fire days where i saw you yeah i was like oh man they're gonna have this person this person this person but i don't really know who they look like and then yeah. i heard somebody yell yo cody cody trash trail and i'm like i've heard that <laughs> name before exactly so, like, i see who he is and i go up to him and i'm like Exact words, you're Cody fucking trash trail. And goes, I'm yes. Cody fucking trash trail. Yes. I'm yes. like, <laughs> I mean, it's yes, just, yeah. Man. That is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's like being a uh, a kid in the candy store, yep. man. I told, I like fanboyed this. them. I fanboyed every single one of those dudes. Brother, I know, man. I, I, I definitely know how you felt. Um, but yeah, man, he said uh, he would say all these names, and I'm just like, who are these people? Why are they important? Like, how does he even remember their names? Like, mm-hmm. right? And so he told me, um, he he showed me, I would say, or and would always tell me the importance of getting outside of the department and understanding, um, and understanding that importance. And he would always bring up conferences, and he would always preach conferences to me, and just outside training. And I didn't truly understand, man, until I went to my first conference. Okay. And I tell you what, man, I was nervous. It mm-hmm. was North Florida Fire Expo. Okay. I, yeah, it was North Florida Fire Expo. I think it was uh, Fort Walton Beach. Um, I don't know, man. I I went for it. I went for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told I went down there by myself. Um, didn't have anyone with me. I paid for it. Um, and just took a leap, man. And I think, uh, yeah, it was Rick Lasky. That was the, uh, the main speaker. Okay. And Jonathan Brumley was there talking about engine work. Um, you had Dustin Martinez talking about search, Nick Ledeen talking about search. Mm-hmm. Um, I took Sean Duffy's class searchable versus survivable. And I'm sitting there, man, in my seat at the edge of my seat with my notes and my phone recording, like just in all you know right and i think uh that was a big moment for me as well because at that moment i was like this is what he meant this is what he meant because man you can get a group of guys at your department or i don't know i would say whatever department man i get a group of guys at my department and i could uh we can go down to the training grounds and we can train but i can guarantee you not everyone wants to be there oh absolutely you know what I mean? Yes. But um, you get a group of guys at a conference and that money has to come out their pocket. Mm-hmm. That money uh, is getting invested into them by their department because they know that that their department knows that that's the guy they want to send. You're around like minded individuals. Absolutely. You know? And so it was amazing, man, like being around guys and being able to talk about the job and just like not being judged about just that's all you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I'd find myself at the dinner table a lot, just sitting there tapping my feet, wanting to bring up a, a quick tactic or something, but I don't want to be that guy, you know? Uh-huh. And so I just keep my mouth shut sometimes, man. But I, I'd be lying to you if I said this one on my mind 24 seven. Um, but going into it, man, kind of wrapping back, uh, doing that circle and the culture, like within your department, it needs to be about that. It needs to be about um, getting outside of your department, I feel like, and uh, being with like-minded individuals so that they can leave and bring that stuff back. And um, 
I don't I don't think conferences are for everyone and they can't be. No. Right. And I no. think uh Cody Trestrell bringing up him again. Um I think he hit it on the head whenever uh he had his podcast with the Weekly Scrap. Mm-hmm. He said he had a laundry list of names of great firemen that he worked with that goes home and their home life is their home life. Right. Job life is their job life, but they are still great firemen. Right. And I understand that. Right. Yeah. And and I believe that. And so getting the guys that can go to these conferences, um, bring all that information back and what's current and what's going on in today's fire service, bringing that back to your department um, and training, man, training. Um, training has to be the number one priority in my Got opinion. It. It's got the be. department. Right. It's got to be. Yeah, I, there's no ands, ifs, or buts. Um, no. If you start thinking about what's what's going on, what's toxic within that department, it all goes back down to training. It trickles mm-hmm. back down to training. Yeah. And yeah. it has to be good training, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah it, yeah. it can't be um, just checking off the box, you know, let's get this done. We have to get it done this month type training. Right. It has right. to be, you know let's put a couple bodies in there, not mannequins and let's go in and smoke this building out or, you know, do whatever we got to do. Let's actually get some good training stretch lines, you know, like let's, let's get it done. Right. I mean, I'm all about like, you know, I don't want people people to get it twisted or the wrong way that when we go out and train, it's going to be in gear sweating all the time. No, there's different type of trainings for different seasons. There's training where you could just do like a round table discussion, talk about a near miss or something like that. Then there's training where it's nice out. Let's get out and sweat a little bit. Yeah. Put on our gear. Cause that's what we're, that's what we're going to have to do when the, we know when the bell, when the bell hits, but um, when it comes to training, I'm all about basic training, man, stretching lines, throwing ladders, doing a search, learning your air pack, I mean, yeah, the, all that extra heavy rescue, four to one, five to one, that's all good. I don't really do that. I will if I need to learn how to do certain things, but the basics is what we do. Every fire ground, every structure fire call encompasses around the basics. I agree. No, I, I definitely agree. Those those basics, man, it's like you said, searching, forcing doors, um, stretching line, flowing water. It it's the basics, man. And I and I say that too. Um whenever I get a younger guy and we're training, that's what we're pretty much doing. Right. right? We're, we're hitting up on those basics. So I'm glad you said that. Um, yeah, man, for sure. Definitely. Okay. I okay. hope I wrapped up that question. No, no, no. Yeah. You're good. You, you said, you said it perfectly. And it's okay if we go down rabbit holes, man, that's, that's, that's good. Right. Rabbit holes are fine with me. I do want to say this. I do want to say this. Um, I, I believe in that question. It was, and how is it maintained? Uh-huh. I think it has to be maintained with accountability, right? Um, we have to love each other enough to be able to hold each other accountable to, you know, hey, man, um, I realized you told me last week that you wanted to start masking up every shift with, uh, with your gloves on. I didn't notice you did it today. Um, mm-hmm. I just, you know, what's up? Are you all right? Right, right. Just that simple, man. Right. You know, um, right. we have to hold each other accountable. And. And we have to hold ourselves accountable as well, man, for sure. So, um, with just being that main, main, how to maintain it portion of it is just accountability. Okay. Okay. Um, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving the job? Um, so when I, um, when I read the question, um, what keeps me motivated, what keeps me invested? Um, the guy is his name, Justin, the episode before this, uh, Oh, I don't, uh, I hope Jeremy. I don't now you're good. Jeremy. Jeremy. Oh, man. Now you're fine. My, my Jeremy's my good. He's, he's all good. He's all good. Hey, so I listened to it and he, he crushed that podcast that episode, man. He oh, he did. It. Man, I tell you, he did his homework. <laughs> so side note, I sent him a text. Yeah. I'm like, hey, um, out of everybody I know, I want you to do this one. And he was like, seriously? I was like, yeah, no doubt. And I can tell he prepared for that yeah. damn interview because I was oh. like, dude, you came in rocking. Oh, man. He, uh, he, I was listening to a man and I was like, there's no way I can follow up that, you know, <laughs> like there's no way, like, let me, I got to schedule a different date or something, man. No, but, um, I bring him up because he gave a, uh, an answer that we said it at the same time. The same answer I would have gave is discipline. Yep. 
It's absolutely discipline, man. If someone relies on motivation, that tank's going to run empty real soon. Mm -hmm. We cannot rely on motivation. And one thing uh, with my uh, mentor, he instilled into me was at a minimum, we have to have at least one hour of physical training, one hour of on-the-job training, Mm -hmm. and then one hour of in the books Mm -hmm. at a minimum. And that's something that I try to hold myself disciplined uh, into doing. And I actually wrote this this quote down. Discipline is the ability to make yourself do something you don't want to do in order to get results you really want. Absolutely. And I don't think it, yeah, I don't think it uh I think that's as simply as put and it doesn't get any better, man. And what also keeps me motivated and uh, not motivated, but just disciplined and uh, inspired is just I could sit here and look at you, man, and tell you I don't know enough. Right. Yeah, neither do I. I don't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, I don't, man. And that's something that uh, it it, that really inspires me to keep going, man. I uh, like I like I said, man. I'm a research junkie. I love getting into this. I love getting into the weeds. And also, man, I think I also I understand my why. I understand why training is so important, man. I've uh. I've been on the side of like being on a job and, you know, not really putting in too much work beforehand and being exposed. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've also been on the side of doing everything I need to do to prepare and then just doing a hell of a job, right. At a right. job, right. You know, and, and that stuff shows, man. And one of my uh, most memorable, you know, fires was whenever I had a younger guy, um, we had just, we had a, uh, it was just a single room and contents fire, bread and butter fire. Um, we did, I think, yeah, it was him and I, we were on the search and uh, primary search. We got done and he had learned so much, man. And we trained our asses off weeks and weeks and weeks prior to that fire, man. And he looked at me and he goes, Vaughn, man, he goes, uh, I, I, we applied a lot of the stuff that we trained on. Like, I, I understand that. Like he, we applied a lot of that stuff. Right. And then whenever he told me that, man, I just lit up because at that moment I was like, he understands, you know? And so I don't know, man. Um, just being able to understand your why on why training is so important. And, uh, that's what, that's what helps keep me inspired, man. And being around like-minded individuals and just lifting up those younger guys. Right. Okay. All right. It also brings back to like, you know, firemen hate, or I don't want to say hate, but like if the monthly training topic is, all right, we're going to go stretch this line to them. It's like, you can have, they could be a, a, you know, a fire, a firefighter with 15, 10 years on a job. And you're like, well, I already know how to stretch this line. Why do I need to stretch it again? I always look back at it as, uh quarterbacks tom brady lebron james basketball they shoot lebron james practices shooting free throws or shooting shots all the time tom brady practices snapping the ball throwing the ball all the time something here he knows how to do but he keeps doing it to get better at it you know what i'm saying so I, i always look at it that way of they're getting paid millions of dollars to do this i'm not we're not getting paid millions of dollars but I love what I do. And if that's what I got to do, I'm just going to learn how to do it where you can't get it wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And I agree with that. Um, have you heard of the uh, Ben Schultz analogy with the Usain Bolt? Maybe. Uh, we'll see where you're going with it. Oh, man. It's, it's amazing. He goes, uh, Usain Bolt, and, it, and it, it correlates with the LeBron James stuff, man. And he goes, Usain Bolt uh, trains day in and day out to knock out milliseconds okay from from his 100 meter dash right when no one's life is on the line right now looking at us as firefighters you know when people's lives are on the line what are we doing to knock out those seconds right exactly you know and so i I love that you said that man and i love that analogy that ben schultz uh puts out there and it's it's awesome man and i truly believe uh i believe uh Here's another one, man. Basil uh, Ibrahim. Oh, that I I am hopefully one day I can meet oh. that dude. My gosh, I met him. I really? Met him. Okay, man. I uh I walked up to him and I said, uh, "Hey, brother, I'm 
love what you say, man. Um, love what you're putting out there in the fire service. Um, man, I admire you so much. And you know, in his accent, oh, it's okay, yep. brother. He yeah, goes, uh, yeah. You know, you keep uh, keep going at it. I'm just like you, brother. And uh, Matt, he came out. He didn't even have to, but he came out there during the Sean Duffy Searchable versus Survival, and he trained with us stuff. Okay, and it was it was legit, man. That guy's a stand up guy. Yeah, for real. And no, that, um, that definitely a stud too. I mean, he's uh, bro. yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know if you recall, but on his uh, episode with Corley more, mm-hmm. he said there are uh, two enemies of the fire service. One is fear and the other is time. Right. In time, we can all we that one's simple. Right. The quicker we get something mitigated, the better it becomes. Right. 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 In fear. And I love this one, man. And this kind of can correlate into the previous question on what keeps me inspired is that fear of the unknown, right? That fear of the unknown, not knowing what that next call is going to be. Right. You know, not not knowing if I'm going to pull up on that next call and just have never even thought about that situation before or have never seen that situation and just is completely new to me, right? Absolutely. But I love the way Chief Moore Corley put it, man. He said uh, the antidote to that is knowledge, right? The the best way that we're going to be able to overcome that fear of that unknown is just by constantly learning, constantly mm-hmm. learning. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess I'm going to throw that on my uh, that previous question. Back there. No, no, you're good. You're good. Like I said, I, I do. That is one thing about my job I enjoy when I go, when I when I report to shift to work in the morning i get there mm-hmm. put my stuff on the truck it's like i wonder what we're gonna get today because it's not like uh you know i'm pushing papers the same old files i'm doing like mm-hmm. you don't know when them tones hit what dispatch is gonna tell you so like mm-hmm. for instance yesterday it was uh it was a good day we had a good shift yesterday we got toned out for an unconscious getting the truck while in route dispatch upgrades it cpr in progress Mm -hmm. All right, we get there. My man is laying in a bathroom that's real tight. His buddy's doing compressions on him. He's about 2.30. So it goes back to all those podcasts I hear. Anytime you you get into a situation, it's never a victim that's light. I'm a buck buck 78. So he was like 2.30. I had my partner grab his feet. I grab his torso, get up and close to personal, and we drag him out into the living room. It just all goes back to training for that physical fitness, getting your mind right. Because I can tell you, when I first started, I was like a buck 30. Soaking wet. I gained some weight over the years. And I had to because I think back, would I have been able to do that? Like, hell no. So anyways, it goes back to that. Yes, training, physical fitness, being prepared for the job. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. That's awesome to see that um, or hear that you – you know, gain that weight to be able to, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had to because it was like, I I, I got to do something. And hindsight, and we did get him back. So that was also a good day. So it, before we left the scene, he was talking. So um, awesome. Uh, what are your ultimate goals? So I was thinking about this one. And just to keep it short, man, my ultimate goal is uh, I want to be a smoke diver one day. Ooh. And I, Nice. I will be. A, I will be nice. a smoke diver. Nice. Right. Wait. Oh, so I, I. I don't want to you. How old are you? I'm 27. Okay. I'm, I'm 38. Yeah. Okay. I'm 38. I have been watching. Well, I've listened to Chief David Rhodes. That who pretty much I think started it or whatnot. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've been watching that that channel, the Smoke Divers, real hard, and I'm like, I can do it. But if I do yeah. it, I got to do it soon. You can do it, man. You can do it. Okay. And are you talking about Georgia? Are you talking about you doing Georgia smoke diver? I'm doing Indiana smoke diver. Okay. I want to, okay. I want to be able to do Indiana. Um, okay. Okay. It's just closer to me. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, I would. I. I'd, I'd like to think. I don't know. Maybe you know, but I'd like to think that they're all you know right there with yeah. each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that would be that would be one goal. Um. Man, I uh. I feel like I've uh, figured out my limitations okay. whenever it comes to jobbing. Um, and I want to put that truly to the test, man. And I tell you, man, when that Carolina fire days, man, it, it beat me up pretty good, man. 
Um, oh, dude, I was hurting after after the two day hot class. I was, I was, I was. I'm not gonna lie, I was fucking hurting, brother. Uh, so I did the the uh, brothers in battle with Cody Trestill and okay. uh, Gary Lane and all them, and we're burning pretty much damn near a vast majority of that day, and uh-huh. we're forcing we're forcing doors all day, we're stretching line all day, we're uh we're searching all day and okay. I think we had like a 20, 25 minute lunch and we we're back to jobbing. Right. Right. And I think that was like an 11 hour day. And then the next day was, uh, Rocky industries with Kevin, uh, Kevin Lewis, Kevin Lewis. Yep. I took that class. Yep. Yep. Man. And VES all day. Right. Yep. yep. <laughs> Burning all day. And, uh, it was a good time, man. And so I was feeling good after those two days, I felt it. Right. And then, I go back, I have to work, uh, my shift falls that next day. Right. So I think it was a, uh, Friday and Saturday okay. of the Carolina fire days. And I worked that Sunday. Okay. Long to be a whole man. We were burning that Sunday. We had night burns <laughs> and, uh, I was, uh, one of the, uh, instructors for the night burn. So, uh, man, that first burn, I walked out, vision started getting a little narrow uh-huh. and, yeah, I, I started figuring out my limitations a okay. little bit better, man. And uh, that's one one big reason I want to go do Indiana Smoke Divers because I really want to test those limitations and see, you know, see what I'm what I'm made of. And then okay. um, another one I want to go to is I've never been to FDIC. Okay. I've never I have been not FDIC. either. I, I really want to go. Uh, it's probably one of the more popular conferences. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah, know, it's like the mega it, Exactly. Right. And uh, – I want to be that kid in Hollywood when I walk in there and just, <laughs> why is this guy smiling and looking at me like that? Right. Right. So, right. right. Uh, I want to go to, I want to, uh, I want to do that. And I want to go to FD 10 with Jim McCormick. Oh, Jim McCormick. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to, man. And uh, by hearing like Kurt Isaacson and all these guys talk about FD 10 saying that it is, hands down got to be the best training that we yes. that they offer in this country yes i hear it cannot be replicated nobody can replicate what jim mccormick's doing out there in indiana i gotta see what it's about man i gotta see it i got to so okay. uh yeah indiana smoke divers fdtn and uh fdic and uh also man just continuing to grow in every aspect of my life man whether it's uh you know as, as a christian a husband a father son um, brother, fireman, friend, every man, everything, man. I have to continue growing and uh, just continue trying to grow in every aspect. And I would say those are my goals. Okay. All right. Uh, what key elements or factors uh, do you think are needed to make a good firefighter regardless of rank? So <clears throat> I'm going to put myself, I'm going to throw myself under the bus real quick. Um, growing up at Shaw, I, uh, I had this, uh, how would I say it? Uh, just, I'll just say arrogant, um, type of attitude a little bit, right? Like I'm starting to learn a little bit more. Like I'm starting to understand the job a little bit better. New guy comes in and okay. I'm not going to talk to him because I got more time on. Right. I'm like, this is how it's supposed to go because that's what I experienced a little bit. Right. 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 It's just, it's just a pattern. Right. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, embarrassing enough as to say, you know, I continued that pattern for a little bit, for Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, and then I met my mentor, right. I keep bringing him up, man. I tell you, man, he, it changed the game for me. And, uh, it didn't matter if it was the fire chief, it didn't matter if it was the brand new guy that walked in on the first day. He tra- he treated them the same. Okay. He treated them the same. And when I realized that, and I was a witness to that, I told myself, who the hell am I? Right. You know, who am I? Like, I, like, I don't hold a candle to this guy, and I'm sitting here acting like as if I'm better. Mm-hmm. Who the hell am I? So that stopped real quick. And another thing that helped that stop was – um. I can't remember the fit to fight fire episode, but it was some Denver guys. And I, I've always been about training. I love going out there um, and training and, and I love, like I said, bringing up those younger guys. And uh, he asked on the podcast, he said, what is one way to guarantee yourself 
to not have buy-in from someone like the younger guys below you. And there was a quick pause. I sat there and thought about it. And he goes, being a dick, being a dick. If you're a dick to someone, they're not going to want to learn from you. No, absolutely not. That light bulb went off, man. Right. I, and I was like, I don't want to learn from assholes. I'm not going to try to, you know, and I don't know. It's like being a good person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start off with that. Well, what it takes to be a good firefighter, I'm, I'm going to say to be a good person. Okay. Right. You got to treat everyone like a human. I don't care if they're the brand new guy that comes in. Like, right. Obviously, there got to be those borderlines of respect and being a friend and all that stuff. Absolutely. Right. But, uh, right. but just be be a good person to them. Um. Because if you're not, it's going to be tough to get that buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also think, man, to end it with that question, is you got to be a junkie for information you don't know. Right. As a firefighter, you yeah. got to be a junkie for it. Because right. uh, if you find yourself nervous in a position, and I don't care if it's a nozzle man, plug man, you're riding the right seat, or if you're a driver – if you find yourself nervous in any one of those positions because you're new to it or whatever the reason, and you're not sitting there asking questions, trying to train, get better within that position to calm those nerves down a little bit, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong because um, – so I'll kind of rewind a little bit. Um, the Air Force and the way that they promote and within the fire service, you move relatively quick. Mm-hmm. So I had the opportunity to be a company officer towards the end of my, the end of my service. Right. Okay. And I was very uncomfortable, extremely uncomfortable. But what I did was, is I picked people's brain. Um, I sat there and I reached out to people. Um, I, uh, and I failed, I failed a lot. Okay. (laughs) I thought so, man. And, um, overall um i critiqued myself really bad um from those failures and i learned from them and so um just being a junkie for information man um i tell you man i can't i can't drive by a house and look at a house and say that that's a good looking house because i'm sitting there thinking about where the bedrooms are where the living room is it up <laughs> you know what i mean i can't man i can't and it drives my wife insane because we're driving in the car and I'm sitting there looking out the window and she just knows. She already knows. Right, right. She's like, are you, are you really sizing this house up right now? I'm like, yeah. Right. Gotta get I my got reps to. in, babe. I got to, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And oh. uh, I'll also say, uh, getting into the details of it, man, and I'm, I know I'm probably kicking a dead horse, but it's important, man. And I've given a little example of why it's important. Like, so we had a uh, a younger guy, and we're working on hose uh, hose advancements, and we're flowing water, we're pushing line, we're doing everything right, and we had crazy nozzle whip at the end of it, right? And okay. you hear Dennis Laguerre talk about the last three feet is the most important section of that hose, right, okay. with that nozzle. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm wondering, I'm just like, why is this? Why is this? happening like this this kink keeps happening at the end of this line and i just cannot understand it like it's pumped to the right pressure um we've got we flow tested it we've got the inline gauges out we've got the pedo gauges out i just don't understand it right Mm -hmm. and um we had the we had the new key combat um inch and three quarter and we had a seven eighths smooth board tip on it and i'm not understanding it man and so getting into the details about it man it's not a true inch and three quarters it was a 1.88 internal diameter and so that 1.88 with the freeman ratio is matched up with a 15 sixteenths okay right and so with that seven eighths on it and i and i hope i I make this make sense because it's still kind of you know processing in my brain right that water velocity needs to be somewhere in between 19 feet per second to 23 feet per second. And then it accelerates four times as it goes into that nozzle, as it enters into that nozzle. And so if it's too low, it decreases the sidewall pressure. If it's too high above that 23 feet per second, it increases that sidewall pressure, which then if it's above that, 
it's too turbulent. And so if we get the, if there's a kink that happens, it almost becomes a fixed position. And then so when that sidewall pressure is decreased, it be, that's what gives it that nozzle, that nozzle whip and what it was doing to um, our younger guy. And it did it to me a couple of times as well. And so getting into the details to be able to understand that and reach out to guys. Um, who was it? I think it was uh, William Knight that uh, reached back from uh, DeKalb County down okay. there in Georgia. And um, I read his nozzle study, and then that's where I learned all that stuff. And he reached back and he said, uh, hey, it's not how you guys are holding the hose, man. It's uh, That's what happens whenever you put that 7 eighths with that 1.88. Okay. So um, you're either, A, going to have to get a 15 16th on there, to get in between that 19 to 23 feet per second, or B, you're going to have to over pump that uh, seven eighths to about 60 PSI nozzle pressure rather than 50. Okay. So sure enough, I got some guys that were invested, uh, some younger guys. It was a great learning experience. And we went out there, we hooked up the inline gauges. We got the pedo gauges out. We got the flow meter and uh, it washed those kinks out, man. We weren't getting that nozzle whip. And uh, it was stuff like that, man, that you can now explain and they could now explain if they run into that situation why that could possibly be happening you know and and they could take that and go so much further man but like definitely getting into the details and understanding the why behind everything um you need to do that i feel like and i feel like that's what makes a good firefighter as well all right no great 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 examples for sure uh lastly what do you think the american fire service can improve on so we're being uh younger in the fire service, right? Right. I got to be careful with this one. Okay. I don't want any old heads. Yeah, guy don't know what he said. <laughs> He's barely got his feet wet, which is true, I'm sure. But um, I'm just going to say what I think, man. And um, I think that fire needs to be first. I and- have to agree with you on that. Yes. I okay. think we're losing – and I don't want to cut you off, but I feel no, like please. certain areas of this country, fire departments are losing the way of we are called the fire department first. That is what we do. Yes, we have EMS, hazmat, technical rescue, heavy rescue, all that good stuff. That's fine because we're pretty much we got to be a, a jack of all trades. Yes, but we are a fire department first. Absolutely. And I, I believe that full-heartedly man and um fire has to be first man and uh, i would be naive to think that jobs didn't go down you know or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ems doesn't make up majority of the calls oh right? yes yeah and even with that being said man it still has to be first i feel like man because um manny barajas um guy from san antonio yep Yep. Okay. Awesome, man. I uh I talked Manny to him the Barbarian. There. Exactly. Right. I yeah. talked to him whenever I get a chance, man, and we chopped it up a few times. And uh I think he put it great as well, man. He said that um, you know, the guys doing it before us, um, they've gotten the trust of the community based Absolutely. on firefighting. Right. So what are we doing now? You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm a big tradition guy. Um same here. I understand it, and if we're going to be real about it, man, like, if fire's not – like, it's the most dangerous portion of our job. Right. It's the most dangerous part of our job. And so – and I hear the EMS, you know, wizards out there, and they'll sit there and say, you know, it's it's what we do. It's what, you know, defines us, but I don't know, man. I (sighs) – jobs may be going down but like like we've all heard civilian deaths are going up right right and and yeah so it it all depends on where you are like yeah like uh baltimore they have a a, a, an area called job town uh eight by ten engine eight truck ten they see jobs pg county i'm a huge pg county fan they burn shit left and right yeah um you know so yes there's places that 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 burn but yeah EMS is important, yes, because like we run overdoses, we run CPRs, we do that, and we should know what to do in those situations. Absolutely. But 
you also we have we we have to be able to when a fire comes out be able to stretch that line off the truck without fucking it up you know absolutely absolutely and if we don't think fires first some shit might get fucked up right right i mean it's so i know i i have to say i 100 agree with you a lot of departments are losing sight of that yeah i feel like i i feel like it as well man and which kind of translates into that mentality and this will be the second portion of this question is that mentality of oh that can't happen here oh yes i love that if that makes sense yes because that is a dangerous mentality. Yes. Yes, jobs might be going down, but man, if you go to work every day as if you're going to fight a fire that day, you, it's going to be hard for you to like I'm not going I don't know, man. If you go to job, if you go to work every day prepared to fight a fire, you're ready. You know. Yeah. You're yeah. ready. And yeah. I want to be on that truck with them guys. Right. You know, um I remember talking to a younger guy and um, I I think I was telling him a experience that Sean Duffy or one of them guys down there at North Florida fire expo was saying and um, talking about a grab or something. And he told me, he goes, man, that'll never happen here. Mm -hmm. and, it, and I, you know, I turned my head sideways and I was like, brother, how many houses do we have on base here? You know, we're not talking about the mutual aid that we do off base. Right. We, right. we know we get that, but how many houses do we have on base? And we sit there and think about it, right? A little over 500. How many families is that, right? Brother, it's not a fact that if it's going to happen. It's a fact it's that when it happens. When, exactly. When it's, and it's going to happen. Yep. You know, and when it happens, it's going to expose the people that mm -hmm. weren't preparing for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Our, yeah. Well, yeah. I like to call them fair weather firemen. The firemen that never train, sit on the couch and go, oh, when them tones drop, I'll be ready. And it's like, oh, okay, sure you will. <laughs> facts, facts. No, seriously, man. And um, to wrap it up, if, uh, if I had to implement something in the American Fire Service today, and this is something I truly believe in, it would be a requirement for every department to have to complete the firefighter rescue survey after every grab it would be a requirement i wholeheartedly believe in the firefighter rescue survey yes. um, yeah. information for us by us brother i yeah yeah and with that being said if we want to keep going into the whole thing of you know we're not getting jobs as much anymore there we go we mm -hmm. have to base you know we that's experience right there mm -hmm. um we have to base tactics off that data Right. You know, and so I don't know, man, I'm a big believer in firefighter rescue survey. Um, I talk about it almost every day. Um, I said, I don't care if a guy with 20 grabs came up to me and told me that uh, he wouldn't start his search from the bedrooms or whatever. Hey, but I got a buddy over here named firefighter rescue survey that says uh majority of these victims are being found in bedrooms right. um, with over 3000 grabs. Right. So. I think it's important, man. I think data is extremely important. Anywhere from UL to um, Firefighter Rescue Survey to NIST to um, just reading up online of duty deaths. Um, even, I mean, Project Mayday, man. Um, I, I believe in it all. Um, okay. I really do. So, yeah, I would uh, implement that in today's fire service for sure. All right. Awesome. No, awesome answers. Can't, I can't definitely, I can't knock that at all. I can't knock it at all, but, um, I do appreciate having you on here. Um, if you want, I mean, you can, you can give yourself, I, I'll call it shameless plug. If anyone wants to follow you, whatever, you know, you can lay, lay it out there. Anything else you want to say? Oh, no. Um, no, nah, there's no plug, man. Um, just if you want to reach out to me and we can talk, talk about the job or if you guys have any questions, uh, you know, regarding to what you heard today or whatever, reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, you can look me up at Vaughn Brown, V-O-N Brown. Um, and I'm down to talk about whatever. I'm down to learn. Um, and that's what it's all about for me. So, yeah, that'd be it. All right, cool, cool deal. Well, uh, like I said, uh, I appreciate having you on, Vaughn. Uh, sorry, Vaughn. No, you're good, man. You're good. Um, it was a good conversation, and I hope the uh, the listeners out there can enjoy it too.
I hope so, man. I hope I didn't uh, seem too nervous because I no, was. No, no, no. You did good. You did good. You did good. All oh, right. man. I appreciate it. All right, pal. All right, later. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.